Welcome back to The Emily Show. This show drops on Valentine's Day. So, Lonard, a very, very happy Valentine's Day to you. I will talk about my love for you <laughs> as we get into this episode, I am sure. Today, we're talking about a case that a, a lot of you love that has not seen any love from me in quite a while because it is now on appeal. Yes, we are going to be talking about Amber Heard and New York Marine and general insurance because the case had been dismissed. It looked like it was done. And of course, like with anything, it's not done until it's done. So we're going to be going over the appeal filed by Amber Heard today, objecting to the dismissal of the case, objecting to some of the rulings that the court made against her insurer, New York Marine and General Insurance Company, or who I will call New York Marine. And this is all centered around the insurance company not paying for her lawyers in the Johnny Depp defamation suit. So the ongoing fight over insurance funds and who's paying for Amber Heard's lawyers is now in the appellate court. And that's what we're breaking down today. So let's get into it. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm Emily D. Baker, the internet's go-to legal analyst and big fan of the cursey words. I've been a licensed attorney for over 17 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I break down the legal side of pop culture and entertainment stories we can't stop talking about. We should just get into it. Let's go. A huge thank you to today's sponsor, Thrive Cosmetics. I have exciting news for you because one of the greatest mascaras I have literally ever tried, the Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extension Mascara, now has new colors. So if you are looking for something different than your basic black mascara to enhance your eye color or just to be a little feisty, or if you're like me and wear glasses so your eyes really pop under your glasses, Liquid Lash Extension now comes in three new colors, including a really bright and vibrant pink and a purple, which I always love with hazel eyes and a olive green in addition to their black and brown and blue colors. So now no matter what look you're going for, you can find it with the Liquid Lash Extension Mascara. Same flake-free tubing formula, easy to put on, easy to wash off. It's why it's a favorite all year round for me. And with Thrive, you know you're always getting luxury cosmetics that give back with their Thrive giving promise. And right now they are giving you 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash lawnard. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash lawnard for 20% off your first order. Let's get back to today's episode. So I've been I've been very much missing you guys and broadcasting this past week. I've been recovering from being sick. It knocked me on my butt after last week's podcast recording. So I am still recovering from being sick. So it's it's just going to be a process. It seems that everybody um has gotten the ick lately. So it was just a rough, a rough virus and and a lot of uh, rest and hydrate. So I'm glad to be back with today's episode. Thank you all for um, giving so much love to last week's episode. And I cover a lot of criminal cases, but I've always also covered pop culture cases and things that are civil in nature. So there will always be a mix of the two, though particularly with the more sensitive criminal cases, I try to keep those on the podcast particularly so they don't catch people off guard when we switch topics on the longer live streams. But today, this is a case that just 
dominated interest for so long. I feel like we can't quite let go yet of this appeal because the behind the scenes of how massive multi-million dollar litigations like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation suit in Virginia work is something that we don't often peel back the curtain and take a look at. But when we get into appeals like this, where Amber Heard is still fighting with her insurance company after the case has been dismissed and fighting those rulings, we really get insight into what's going on behind the scenes, when insurance might pay for cases when they won't. We're going to get into the heart of what this appeal is about. And don't worry, there's a road so far in here um, by her appellate attorneys that's really well done that's going to catch you up to speed if you've not been following along with this lawsuit over Who is supposed to pay for her lawyers? And remember, there are multiple lawsuits going on. There was a lawsuit where New York Marine sued Amber Heard and then she countersued. There was a lawsuit between New York Marine and her other insurance company, and that's been resolved. So there's a lot of who's going to pay for what going on, and that's what I am breaking down today in this opening brief from Amber Heard's legal team when New York Marine responds we will cover that as well. Let me know if you want me to keep covering this case because I feel like we are now years into this litigation. But again, are we really done until the appeals are done? I feel like no. I feel like no. And Lonards, because I love you and this dropped at the end of January and we haven't covered it yet, away we go. Away we go today. Is there anything nerdier than diving into insurance litigation on appeal? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, look, it's it's where are the obligations here when you buy an insurance plan? Are they obligated to provide you attorney of your of your choice? Are they obligated to just provide you somebody off of their roster? Um, if you're found liable for intentional torts like defamation of a public figure, are they required to pay? What law controls when you buy an insurance plan in California, but then you get sued for defamation in Virginia? And how does that all operate anywhere? This is a lo- This whole litigation is a law school exam that basically writes itself. So let's jump in. New York Marine and General Insurance Company versus Amber Heard. I will generally refer to Amber Heard as Heard, Depp as Depp, and New York Marine as New York Marine. I'm not saying New York Marine and General Insurance Company the entire podcast. I will die. They start out with their jurisdictional summary about how this is a diversity case and why it's in the Court of Appeal in California. And then they get into the statement of the issues. I love the way that these get broken down in a lot of the appellate cases because it's real clear what you're looking at. This was one of the things that made Some stuff in law school easier is once you get out of the trial level, the issues really get narrowed down and you don't feel like it's just spaghetti being flung against a wall. This appeal concerns insurance coverage for the losses that Heard suffered when she was sued for defamation by Johnny Depp. New York Marine sold Heard an insurance policy in which it promised to defend and indemnify Heard against lawsuits alleging that she defamed others. This policy did specifically include defamation. The issues before this court are, did the district court err in concluding that the ethical duties of insurer-appointed defense counsel under Virginia law precluded the need to engage in a choice of law analysis to determine whether New York Marine had a duty to provide Amber Heard with independent defense counsel? So that's number one. Did the court 
rule wrong when determining whether or not New York Marine Insurance Company was obligated to provide Amber Heard with independent defense counsel. And remember, New York Marine's argument in this is, hey, we just hired the lawyers that she was already working with, and then a whole bunch of shit happened, and then we withdrew our defense of her because we were supposed to have the lead attorneys, but then Elaine Bredehoff and her firm came in, but they were hired by other insurance providers, but then they were the lead attorneys, and then we weren't the lead attorneys, and then we were out, and the trial happened, and then lawsuits ensued. Number two, did the district court err in holding that New York Marine had no obligation to provide Heard with independent counsel, even though it reserved rights to deny coverage on the ground that Ms. Heard behaved intentionally? So the insurance policy itself said if she's found liable for an intentional tort, which with the defamation of a public figure, there's that malice element and the jury specifically found the statements made by Amber Heard against Johnny Depp were made with malice when they found her liable for defamation. So that becomes intentional. That's not an oopsie. That's not accidental. There was a knowing element to it. So it's an intentional tort, not um, not an accident or something. So the district court ruled that New York Marine didn't have to provide Heard with independent counsel, and Heard is objecting to that and asking the appellate court to review it. Number three, did the district court err in granting New York Marine's motion to dismiss Amber Heard's counterclaim for breach of contract? Pretty self-explanatory. And four, did the district court err in granting New York Marine's motion to dismiss Amber Heard's counterclaim for breach of implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing? So let's get into the statement of facts. This appeal concerns insurance coverage for the defense of Ms. Heard in a lawsuit filed by Johnny Depp, alleging that Heard defamed him in a December 2018 Washington Post op-ed. New York Marine sold Ms. Heard an insurance policy in which it promised to defend Ms. Heard against, among other things, lawsuits alleging that she defamed others. When Ms. Heard was sued for defamation by Johnny Depp in March 2019 in Virginia State Court, she timely notified New York Marine and asked, them to defend her. In response, they reserved its rights to deny coverage on the ground that Heard behaved intentionally, thus creating a classic conflict of interest with Ms. Heard. They're arguing that the conflict is between the insurance company and the defense attorneys. Do the defense attorneys owe an obligation to get the def- the insurer out of coverage or do they owe their primary duty to their client, Amber Heard, and they're arguing that this is a conflict of interest between heard in the insurance company. Therefore, the attorneys heard should have been allowed to pick, should have been private and other attorneys. Despite this conflict, New York Marine refused to agree that Ms. Heard could pick independent counsel, instead appointing its own counsel to defend her. Notwithstanding requests from Heard, New York Marine maintained its position and subsequently withdrew from Heard's defense, leaving Heard to incur significant defense costs not paid by any insurer. So they are arguing, again, not that the other insurer picked up all of the costs, but that there were costs not paid by the other insurance carrier that Heard was left to carry on her own. They say New York Marine subsequently initiated this declaratory relief action against Heard, and Heard filed a counterclaim against New York Marine after. Heard filed her counterclaim. New York Marine filed a motion to dismiss, arguing that it had no duty to reimburse Heard for any of the defense fees and costs she had paid, and that Heard had no right to independent counsel. Recognizing that its position was contrary to California law, New York Marine asserted that Virginia law governed its duty and that under Virginia law, conflict or not, Heard was not entitled to independent counsel. 
Heard opposed the motion, arguing that she was entitled to independent counsel because one, California law applies to New York Marines' duty to defend, and two, an actual conflict of interest existed between the insurance company and Heard, and therefore it required the insurance company to provide independent counsel. Despite the Ninth Circuit authority supporting Heard's right to independent counsel, the district court granted New York Marines' motion to dismiss. The district court concluded that regardless of any reservation of rights by New York Marine, Virginia law governed the ethical duties of defense counsel and precluded defense counsel from acting contrary to Ms. Heard's interest. The insurance company had to provide counsel in Virginia that's licensed in Virginia that are governed by the ethical duties of Virginia because the lawsuit was happening in Virginia. How many times am I going to say Virginia? A lot. Virginia. Because that's the 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 ethical duties of California don't apply to Virginia lawyers licensed and barred in Virginia in court in Virginia. <laughs> if they're also licensed in California, then that's a different situation. If they're if they're pro hoc vice in California, that's a different situation. But I don't know how the appellate court's going to do anything different here because Virginia law and ethical duties are what governs how Virginia lawyers respond. And if what the court decided is in fact, hey, it's real clear that the ethical duties of these attorneys are that they are ethically obligated to do what's best for their client, the person they're representing in court, not the per- the insurance company that's paying, then I don't know how you get to a different result on this fact. I'm interested to hear what they have to say, though. They go on to say, in so doing, the district court erroneously declined to follow the reasoning and holding of this court on largely analogous facts in Northern Insurance Company versus Allied Mutual Insurance, instead stating that it did not consider Northern as binding precedent. So now they're throwing the district court under the bus a little, saying, excuse me, appellate court. The district court, silly them, said that the Ninth Circuit's just like not binding on them. What? They go on to say the district court also concluded that because Ms. Hurd's breach of contract claim failed, so does her claim for bad faith. Ms. Hurd respectfully requests that this court reverse the district court's order and judgment and remand the case for further proceedings. They want to um, breathe life back into this case that's been dismissed. Thank you to today's sponsor, One Skin. It's time to show your skin some love. And just like I like keeping my makeup routine simple, I really appreciate keeping my skincare routine simple. And with One Skin, you'll get a scientifically proven treatment that improves the appearance and health of your skin at a cellular level. And with One Skin, you've got just the one moisturizer and one eye cream to pick from. It makes it really easy to dial in skincare that helps your skin stay younger and look healthier. I also love that OneSkin comes in really easy, refillable packaging, so you're not constantly throwing out large, bulky packaging, and it makes it really easy to travel with. OneSkin is more than just skincare. It's about skin longevity, targeting the root causes of aging to help you look and feel your best at every age. Get started today with 15% off using code LAWNERD at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co. CO with code Lawnard. And they're going to ask you how you heard about us. Please support the show and let them know that you're coming from The Emily Show. It's time to expect more from your skincare routine. Invest in the health of your skin with One Skin. Let's get back to today's show. Getting more into the factual background, they talk about the policy, when it was sold, what it covers. 
I've covered this extensively in other content where I've gone through this case. But the policy was issued. It was issued in California to Miss Heard, who was then a resident of Miss Heard. And it was covering the relevant period of time with this lawsuit, and it covered defamation. They go on to say the policy obligates New York Marine, quote, to defend Miss Heard against any suit seeking damages because of personal and advertising injury. The policy defines personal and advertising injury to mean injury, including consequential bodily harm arising out of one or more of the following offenses oral or written publication in any manner of material that slanders or libels a person. It says separately, the comprehensive personal liability coverage form provides a million dollars of coverage for each occurrence of personal liability in an event that a claim is made or a suit is brought against Heard because of quote-unquote personal injury caused by a quote-unquote occurrence. It goes on to say the personal liability coverage obligates New York Marine to one, pay up to its limit of liability for damages for which Hurt is legally liable. So if she is liable to someone else, in this case, Johnny Depp, for a certain amount of money or the judgment that the jury came back with, the insurance company can be required to pay up to its policy limits to cover that judgment. And two, provide a defense at its expense by counsel of its choice, even if the suit is groundless, false, or fraudulent. It goes on and defines some of the terms about personal injury. Then we get into the Depp lawsuit. In March 2019, Heard's ex-husband Depp filed a lawsuit against Heard in Virginia. Depp alleged that Heard defamed him in a December 2018 Washington Post op-ed. Heard timely notified New York Marine of the Depp lawsuit, although New York Marine initially agreed to defend Heard. It only did so subject to a reservation of rights. Specifically, New York Marine reserved its rights to deny coverage on the ground that Heard behaved intentionally. This reservation created a clear conflict under California law. So the reservations of rights, again, being, hey, if we cover your defense and at the end of the day, you did this shit intentionally, we don't have to foot that bill. And in fact, we can sue you to get that back, which is what happened here. They sued for declaratory relief, asking the court to determine or declare that they did not have to provide any more defense to Amber Heard. And in fact, they weren't obligated to pay for any judgment um, that Johnny Depp received as part of the jury verdict. It goes on to say that despite the conflict, again, they're arguing that the reservation of rights creates a conflict under California law. New York Marine refused to defend Heard through independent counsel instead of appointing its own counsel, notwithstanding Heard's repeated requests to reconsider. New York Marine persisted in its position, making it impossible for her to fully accept New York Marine's proffered defense counsel without the risk of prejudicing her defense in the Depp lawsuit. New York Marine's appointed counsel ultimately withdrew on November 20th, 2020. Meanwhile, Travelers Insurance Company and other of Heard's insurers had agreed to pay certain amounts towards Heard's defense in the Depp lawsuit. New York Marine initially agreed to reimburse travelers for some of the amounts paid towards the defense. However, it never did so. In short, New York Marine left Heard to incur hundreds of thousands of dollars of defense costs not paid by any insurer. And notice that they don't say paid by her either. They say not paid by any insurer, but they don't specify where that money came from either. I don't think they have to. I just think it's interesting. It goes on to say in June 2022, the jury in the Depp lawsuit returned a verdict against Heard for three counts of defamation. Heard appealed the judgment in the Virginia Court of Appeals. In December 2022, the parties finally resolved the lawsuit pursuant to a confidential agreement. New York, well, sort of. I mean, it's it, a lot of it was made public. They both dropped their appeals and he was paid and she was not. 
New York Marine denied coverage for the settlement and refused to pay any portion of it. Procedural background. The tra- and now we get into the different parts of all of the different lawsuits. The traveler's actions. While the DEP lawsuit was ongoing, travelers filed a complaint for declaratory relief and equitable contribution of defense expense against New York Maroon related to the defense of Ms. Heard, their joint insured. This was the two different insurance companies going after one another. Travelers was like, we're not doing this shit alone. And New York Marines like, we don't owe you any more money. We had, you know, rules in place and y'all aren't abiding by those rules. And you're not like limiting how much you're just paying out these attorneys. So, uh, pass. So that the thrust of the travelers actions was that New York Marine had not fulfilled its defense obligations to herd, which left travelers bearing an inequitable portion of the defense counsel fees and costs. Ms. Heard was not named as a party to the traveler's actions. Before New York Marine filed the instant lawsuit against Heard, the district court determined in the traveler's action that New York Marine had no obligation to provide Heard with independent counsel. Yes, you heard that correctly. And I appreciate that they didn't just ignore that this happened. I find that they had, well, they had to include it because otherwise it wasn't going to look good. But the court in the travelers versus New York Marine suit said that New York Marine did not have an obligation to provide Heard with independent counsel. Remember, the lawyers that New York Marine hired for Amber Heard were lawyers she was already working with at the time that they were notified that this claim was pending. They go on to say, it reasoned that because the DEP lawsuit was proceeding in Virginia and because New York Marine provided Heard with a Virginia lawyer, who under Virginia ethical rules owed a duty of loyalty only to Ms. Heard, there could be no conflict of interest giving rise to Ms. Heard's right to independent counsel. Ms. Heard was not a participant or represented in the proceeding, which occurred six months before New York Marine filed this coverage action, footnote one. So two courts came to the same opinion that the ethical rules in Virginia hold the attorneys to a standard wherein a conflict is not created. Virginia lawyers, Virginia case, Virginia rules. Footnote one. In October 2022, several months after New York Marine filed this action against Ms. Heard, the district court granted Traveler's motion to consolidate the Traveler's action and this action for pretrial purposes only. The Traveler's action was resolved by settlement in September 2023. It goes on to say New York Marine's claims against Ms. Heard and Ms. Heard's counterclaims. New York Marine initiated this declaratory relief action against Heard on July 8th, 2022, and filed its FAC first amended complaint three days later, seeking declaratory relief as to its duty to defend and indemnify Heard in the DEP lawsuit. Defend being pay for the lawyers, indemnify being pay for the judgment. On January 13th, 2023, Heard filed her first amended and supplemental answer and first amended counterclaim alleging claims against New York Marine for breach of contract and breach of implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing. In support of her breach of contract counterclaim, Heard alleged that New York Marine's reservation of rights created a conflict of interest with Heard, which gave her the right to independent counsel. The district court's dismissal of Heard's counterclaims. New York Marine moved to dismiss Heard's counterclaims on February 10th, 2023. The district court issued its tentative ruling on the motion on March 9th, 2023, and heard oral argument on March 13th, 2023. On March 17th, the district court adopted its tentative ruling as final and granted the motion in part, holding that New York Marine was not obligated to provide Ms. Heard with independent counsel in the DEP lawsuit. The district court repeated its reasoning in the traveler's action. Under Virginia ethical law, there was no possibility of conflict of interest and therefore no right to independent counsel. Oh, that's right. These were consolidated. Same judge made the ruling. I mentioned two courts earlier, same, it was consolidated by the time this ruling was made. So the same court 
followed the same reasoning twice, which makes a lot of sense. The district court dismissed Hurd's counterclaim for breach of contract and Hurd's counterclaim for breach of implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing. Footnote two, the district court gave Ms. Hurd leave to amend her implied breach claim, acknowledging that Ms. Hurd could potentially state an implied covenant counterclaim without a viable breach of contract counterclaim, but that it would require further amendment with the addition of supporting factual allegations. Ms. Hurd ultimately declined to exercise her right to amend. So the court is not left wondering, well, why wasn't it just amended? That's the answer. She chose not to. Probably because there's no facts to support it. Like everything that, I can't see that there would be anything else left here. Like the facts are what they are in this case. She had insurance policies. She got sued. She let her insurance companies know she was getting sued, asked them to defend her. And then everything kind of went sideways with the lawyers and with what she was demanding and with what they were willing to do. And that disagreement is still boiling, but there really aren't different facts than that. Like, that's just what it is. Moving on to the district court's dismissal of the New York Marines claims and final judgment. After the district court dismissed Hurd's counterclaims, Ms. Hurd withdrew her claim for indemnity against New York Marine for settlement of the Depp lawsuit. Thus, no dispute remained between the parties with respect to New York Marines' defense and indemnity obligations to Ms. Hurd. Accordingly, on June 5th, 2023, Hurd filed a motion for judgment on the pleadings as to New York Marines' first amended complaint, requesting that the district court dismiss the action for lack of subject matter jurisdiction. The district court granted Hurd's motion but gave New York Marine leave to amend the complaint. New York Marine filed a second amended complaint on August 28th, 2023. Hurd moved to dismiss the SAC on September 6, 2023, on the same grounds. On October 12th, the district court concluded that there was no live dispute between the parties and therefore dismissed the SAC for lack, SAC, SAC being second amended complaint, for lack of jurisdiction, disposing of all claims asserted in the action. Heard filed this appeal. So here's what all of that said. Once Heard stopped seeking indemnity from New York Marine, the court ruled that there was no actual live controversy because she's done with being defended. The lawsuit has resolved. She's not seeking for New York Marine Insurance to pay the million dollars to Johnny Depp per their settlement. So because she's not demanding they do anything, there's nothing for the court to decide because there's no controversy. They're not seeking money from her. She's not seeking money from the insurance company to pay for her defense attorneys. She's not seeking money for them to pay for the judgment um, or settlement owed to Johnny Depp. So because of those things, what does the court need to decide the rights and obligations of New York Marine are? They don't because there's nothing left. So that's how we get to this spot is that when her counterclaims got dismissed, Amber Heard went checkmate. I'm not amending and I'm not seeking anything else from you. And now I'm going to argue that there's no controversy because I'm not asking you to cover shit. And now it's going up on appeal to determine whether or not they were wrong in not providing her with independent counsel based on the previous ruling. All right. So now we're all up to speed. Hopefully that's clear as mud. Is it time to show your business some love this Valentine's season? Maybe it is. And a great way to do that is to expand your e-commerce solution with Shopify. Shopify powers the Law Nerd Shop. It powers one of my favorite brands online, Hollow Taco, and others like Rothy's and Allbirds. I absolutely could not have grown the Law Nerd Shop to where it is today without Shopify's 
easy e-commerce platform. What I love is that Shopify helps your business grow at any stage of your business from just getting started to hitting over a million orders to whatever you can see for your future next. And because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average, it helps you turn casual browsers into buyers. Shopify also integrates easy with social media platforms so you can sell right on a platform like YouTube, which I love integrating into all of my videos. Plus, they have AI in the back end that you can use to enhance your shop even further. Plus, with their award-winning customer service, you know you're not going to be left in the dark because businesses that grow, grow on Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month free trial period at shopify.com slash lawnard. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lawnard to grow your business no matter what stage you're at. Shopify.com slash lawnard. And get ready to start hearing a lot of this. Let's get back to today's episode. Rulings presented for review. Ms. Hurd seeks to review the district court's March 17th order granting in part New York Marines motion to dismiss and the October 12th order final judgment. Summary of the argument. The foundation of the district court order granting New York Marines motion to dismiss rests on the district court's determination that because the Depp lawsuit occurred in Virginia, the question of whether a conflict of interest existed between Hurd and New York Marine should be answered by looking to Virginia law governing the conduct of defense counsel. But... They say the district court did not undergo a choice of law analysis to reach this decision. Instead, it determined the ethical duties of defense counsel under Virginia law precluded any possibility that a conflict of interest existed, and thus there was no need to engage in choice of law questions. The district court erred in reaching that conclusion. Based on that erroneous conclusion, it then erred by stating that it had no basis to do anything other than dismiss the breach of contract counterclaim. Application of the appropriate choice of law analysis leads to the conclusion that California law should apply to Ms. Hurd's claim and that a conflict of interest existed between Hurd and New York Marine, entitling her to independent defense counsel. So if she's entitled to independent defense counsel, then New York Marine breached its obligations under their insurance policy to her. Then she is allowed to bring a breach of contract claim. Then she's also allowed to bring that breach of covenant of good faith and fair dealing claim. Then her claims are revived. But then if her claims are revived, but she's not seeking indemnification, does it revive their claims? Well, as to the lawyers, I think yes. They go on to argue that under binding Ninth Circuit precedent and supporting authority from other jurisdictions, the district court should have engaged in a choice of law analysis before summarily determining that Virginia ethical law was dispositive of the question as to whether there was a conflict of interest between New York Marine and Heard. What'll be interesting is if the appellate court looks at this and goes, yes, yes, they should have done a choice of law analysis. But if they did do a choice of law analysis, it would have led to Virginia and not California and therefore same, same. So yes, there's error, but it's harmless. We're not sending this back to the court to decide. They go on to say, instead, the district court erred by deciding that the question of whether there was a conflict of interest should be decided by looking to Virginia ethical law. In doing so, the district court failed to follow precedent from this court that was legally and factually, quote unquote, on all fours with Ms. Hurd's claim. Now, what they, law nerds, I know it's Valentine's Day. What they mean by on all fours with Ms. Hurd's claim is that it, it is a analogous case. It means that it squares on it all fours. It squares with Hurd's argument here. That that's that's all law nerds. I know, I know, I know. 
when the legal when the legal things sound like something that would be in the spicy novels. I get it. I get it. Let's continue on. The district court also, they say, erroneously distinguished the issue before it, the issue heard was bringing to it, before it, that involved the weight of the authority across other jurisdictions like Northern case law, um, held that the issue of choice of law should be addressed before determining whether a conflict of interest exists. So they said that the court missed the entire choice of law analysis and should have done that before they jumped to Virginia lawyers, Virginia law, Virginia lawsuit, no problem. They say had the district court correctly applied Northern and other authority, the district court would have conducted the required choice of law analysis, which would have resulted in California law, not Virginia law, applying to Heard's claim because California law has a strong interest in seeing its law applied to contracts that are negotiated and executed in California, ensuring California residents, the district court should have determined that there was a conflict of interest under California law, not Virginia law. Moreover, California law is clear that an insurer's reservation of rights based on the intentional conduct of the insured gives rise to a conflict of interest, as argued by Ms. Heard. And as New York Marine conceded before the district court, New York Marine issued a reservation of rights based on intentional conduct, specifically California Insurance Code Section 533. Such a reservation gives rise to a clear conflict entitling Heard to the independent counsel she requested. It says, finally, the district court's dismissal of Heard's claim for breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing was premised on the dismissal of her claim for breach of contract. Because Heard's breach of contract claims were plausibly alleged, so too was the claim for the breach of implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing, meaning you improperly got rid of the first one, and then by that you got rid of the second one, but the first one should have stayed, so the second one should stay. For these reasons, Heard respectfully requests the court reverse the district court's order and remand the case for further proceeding. Then they get into the argument. The first part of that is the standard of review, and they are arguing that the standard of review here is de novo, which is essentially a fresh review of whether or not the court made the proper rulings. This, again, isn't parsing the facts of the case. It is parsing, did the court appropriately take the case law, the law, and apply it in this case? Or was their analysis off? here because they didn't do a choice of law analysis. They then go through and break down that the district court essentially yeeted Amber Heard's claims under Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 12b6, saying that she failed to state a viable claim because she did not have the right to independent counsel. Therefore, essentially, New York Marine couldn't have breached its contract to Amber Heard because under the contract, she wasn't entitled to the thing that she says is the breach. So they say the district court determined that Heard failed to allege a viable claim for breach of contract because she was not entitled to independent counsel in her defense of the DEP lawsuit. The district court reasoned that under Virginia ethical rules, the attorney appointed by the insurer owes a duty solely to the insured, not the insurer. Therefore, because defense counsel owed a duty of loyalty only to Ms. Heard, the district court found there was no possibility of a conflict of interest in representation, and thus she had no right to independent counsel regardless of whether California or Virginia law applied. In doing so, they argue that the district court misinterpreted precedent from this court and diminished the central protections provided to an insured under California law. So again, she's an uh, she's a California resident. She has an insurance policy that was signed, sealed, delivered in California. The choice of law is uh, California law, so therefore Virginia law shouldn't control on this matter. But the district court is saying, but we're hiring Virginia lawyers in a Virginia court. 
They argue that under analogous facts, this court has conducted a conflict of law analysis to determine whether the right to independent counsel when the law of the state in which the underlying litigation proceeded would not bestow that right, but the law of the state in which the contract was negotiated and executed would. By declining to engage in the conflict of law analysis, the district court nevertheless asserted its own choice of law, effectively adopting Virginia's more lenient standard in addressing the conflict of interest that arose due to New York Marines' reservation of rights. And then they go through the case law arguing that point, saying that the court again erred because this is the entire crux of the argument. The district court held that this court's decision in Northern was not binding, even though it involved the same issue and directly analogous facts. On the contrary, Northern directly undercuts the district court's conclusion that Virginia Defense Council's duty of loyalty only to herd was dispositive of the independent counsel issue under California law. Accordingly, the district court's order should be reversed. Northern involved a dispute between two insurance companies over which one must pay the defense costs related to an underlying litigation against a mutual insured. Well, it's not directly analogous because it's between two insurance companies. <laughs> this is between an insurance company and an insured, but okay. It goes on to say the insured retained a firm and tendered the defense of the litigation to Northern Insurance Company. Northern accepted the tender of the lawsuit, reservation of rights, and retained and began paying for counsel selected by the insured. A few months later, Northern tendered to defense a second insurer, Allied Mutual Insurance Company. Although Allied accepted its defense under a reservation of rights, it refused to retain and pay for the insured's selected defense counsel and instead hired a different firm. Northern sued Allied, seeking contribution for defense costs it incurred with respect to independent counsel. And that's kind of what happened between the two insurance companies in this case, but not this part of the case is between the insurance company and Amber Heard. They go on to say the facts germane to this court's analysis of the issue in Northern are directly analogous to the facts here. Allied negotiated and contracted with its insured in California, but the injury giving rise to the underlying litigation occurred in Washington and the defense was provided there. And in an answer to the question of whether the insurer fulfilled its duty when appointing its own counsel rather than independent counsel selected by the insured, this court determined that under Washington law, it did. Under California law, it did not. As this court recognized, California protects insureds by requiring insurers to pay the reasonable cost of independent counsel when a conflict of interest exists between the insured and the insurer. Washington law, however, like Virginia law, is clear that insurer-appointed defense counsel represents only the insured, not the insurer, and owes a duty of loyalty to the insured that has no exceptions. This court concluded that Allied's reservations of rights gave rise to a conflict of interest under California law, and therefore Allied's failure to provide independent counsel meant that it had failed to meet its defense obligations. More importantly, because there was a conflict between the laws of California and Washington, this court undertook the choice of law analysis prescribed by the rules of the form state. In short, the first question this court addressed was whether there was a conflict of laws between the states at issue, not whether counsel appointed by the insurer met the ethical obligations of the state. The court concluded that when, one, the parties negotiated the contract in California, and two, the insured and insurer's agent was located in California, California law should apply. So they're arguing that under case law, the court, this court, has already gone through this exercise. They don't need to do it again. And when they went through it and the law in California differed from, in that case, Washington, and in the case we're talking about Virginia, there isn't really a lot of head scratching to be done because this has already been decided by other courts. And the other courts said that California law applies. 
And therefore, the insurance company needs to allow the insured, in this case, Amber Heard, to hire independent counsel. They go on to argue that had the court done the conflict of law analysis, California law would have had to be the law that applied. Therefore, essentially, the district court came to the wrong conclusion. They didn't apply this test. This test is required by previous and binding case law, and they came to the wrong conclusion, which means they're asking this court to send the case back to the district court and say, you need, this is the law that applies. Do it again. They then argue a separate subsection of the California Code, section 1646, and argue essentially arguendo what's going to be brought up by the insurance company saying, even if this court were to conclude that the California Civil Code Section 1646 applies to resolve the choice of law issue, California law applies. Under Section 1646, a contract is to be interpreted according to the law and usage of the place it is to be performed only if the contract, quote, indicates a place of performance, otherwise according to the law and usage of the place it was made. So what that is arguing is that arguing that because the contract is being carried out in Virginia, because that's where the lawsuit's going on, so that law applies, it's saying, no, only if that's specifically in the contract. If you're now like, this is why lawyers deal with everything contracts, yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, It has to indicate in the contract that the law will apply in the place where the contract's carried out. Otherwise, the law applies in the place where the contract is made, and the place that the contract was made was California. They go on to say, here the policy does not expressly specify a place of performance. To the extent, quote, an intended place of performance can be gleaned, that place is California, not Virginia. The policy was issued in California. Ms. Heard was a resident of California at the time the policy was issued. The company that purchased the policy is incorporated in California. The broker for the policy is located in California. They go on to argue that because New York Marines Reservation of Rights created a conflict, Heard was entitled to independent counsel. Quote, if the provisions of a policy of insurance impose a duty to defend upon an insurer and a conflict of interest arises, which creates a duty on the part of the insurer to provide independent counsel to the insured, the insurer shall provide independent counsel to represent the insured. And that's what they're arguing governs here. After reserving its rights to deny coverage on the ground that Ms. Heard behaved intentionally, New York Marine refused to agree to defend Heard through independent counsel and instead appointed its own counsel. Despite Ms. Heard's repeated requests to reconsider, New York Marine refused to do so, and ultimately New York Marine's appointed counsel withdrew from the case. They real briefly argue that because the second counterclaim, the breach of implied covenant and good faith of fair dealing was dismissed because the breach of contract was dismissed. That If the breach of contract is revived, then that should be revived. The conclusion, for all the above reasons, the court should reverse the district court's ruling, uh, dismissing Heard's breach of contract and implied covenant counterclaims, and the district court's October 12th order dismissing the action and entering final judgment. What does all of this mean? Essentially, Amber Heard's legal team, and it's a really well laid out brief, is arguing that the court did not do the proper legal analysis. Because they didn't do the proper legal analysis, the appellate court should overturn those two orders, revive the counterclaims, and send this case back down to the lower court, finding that essentially the insurer breached their contract to Amber Heard 
because they didn't allow her independent counsel. It's going to be interesting to see what New York Marine has to argue. New York Marine's going to stick with the district court didn't err. And if, arguendo, the district court did err, then the error was harmless, that the result would have been the same. And at the end of the day, we didn't owe a duty to defend this case. We had a reservations of rights. This was intentional, and we don't have to pay her at the end of the day anyway. It's interesting to me that after all of this dropped, that there is still a fight over it, but they argue that the case law is on their side, so they are going to continue to fight with New York Marine over whether or not they breached their obligation under their insurance agreement to defend Amber Heard. And from a policy standpoint, what you don't want is insurance companies, you know, selling people insurance policies and then looking for any way to not cover anything and saying, nope, nope, we don't have to cover that. This policy was pretty clear and the the code in California is pretty clear that intentional torts aren't covered like this, um, but they're not even really getting to that if they're saying, no, you breached your contract by not providing the right attorney. That's how they're trying to attack this case now. We will keep going through some of the appellate cases that we have pending. There's a few of them that are now in this like extensive post-litigation phase. So this um, this is a big one. We're going to see appeals, I'm sure, in the Murdoch case. Of course, the one that's going on now in Scott Peterson, and there are others that are before the appellate court. So we're getting a little bit of all the levels of court in the coverage. But with that, if you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. If you're listening in the future, I hope that you did. I love this community. I hope you love it as much as I do. It's just been an absolute honor and a thrill. I get to do um, incredible coverage of the things that I love because you want to listen to it. And that is never lost on me. So I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a Lawnard. If you haven't checked me out on Hulu in The Housewife and the Hustler Part 2, I am in that. You will see my familiar face on your Hulu talking about Erica Girardi's earrings and more. So with that, raise a glass and say it with me. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your conversation hearts and Hershey kisses be delightful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Lawnard, I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you in the next one. Bye. You can stay up to date with everything I'm covering on our free iOS and Android app at lawnerdapp.com or search your app store for Lawnerd. And you can also follow me on social media at the Emily D. Baker. Remember, I stream on YouTube on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I recap all of that for you in quick bits on Monday. And of course, The Emily Show drops on Wednesdays. Thanks for being a Lawnerd. <laughs>